You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. You tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, we drive down on the first man who is inside. Fullback, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by them and feels inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out. Cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We've got Tim in the house right out of Green Bay, straight out of Green Bay, not straight out of Compton, straight out of Green Bay. And uh, we're going to talk some Packers tonight, guys. We had a lot of pressers today, and we're just going to kind of hang out. Man, it's Friday night. We're going to kick feet back and, and just talk a little ball, but we're going to cover kind of what the coaches talked about, what the GM talked about. Jacob, I know you spent a ton of time taking notes. You're going to be my go-to guy tonight, man. You're going to Let's be go. the uh, the player of the game. We'll go ahead and call it right now. But did you guys go. have a good day? How about you, Jacob? Man, I had a great day. I got to – so as people go back to school in the restaurant business, that's called like hell week where just all of a sudden you lose half your staff. And I went through that and – Luckily, like by the grace of uh, God, I, I had some really crazy people just walk in in the last week and they were really, really good people. They started. They made my life so easy that I had to I, I got to take the day off, not the day off, a half day. I got to leave at noon ish and then go back for a meeting at two. But the, the point of it is, is that I got to look up uh, a lot of the interviews today. I got to look back on some notes. I got to start reading a chapter of a book that I swear to gosh, Clayton, if you maybe did like a book club reading of that book, only one chapter in. Yeah, I got through. I'm one chapter in, but I'm like 40 pages in because there's like an intro and then an intro to the intro. And then it's a 2.0 version. So like Pete Carroll did a foreword and there's a bunch of these other like additions to it. But I'm telling you guys, that is the book that you need to. I wish I had it within reach. Otherwise, it's a it's Pat Kerwin's Take Your Eye Off the Ball. 2.0 is the version I bought because it's like a little more updated. <clears throat> it's really, really, really good um, to the point where I can tell that I, I literally read a chapter and I've already unlocked a lot of knowledge in my head that I kind of knew. And he lets you know that what you're watching on TV just means more than what you're blatantly, blindly seeing. And you yep. comprehend it. You, you already comprehend it. If you guys are like me, you've been watching football for your whole life and you notice these things but you don't necessarily register what that means in your brain. And the second you start reading this book, you're like, oh, my God. Well, and yeah, sorry. It looks like I'm dodging a 
weird laser beam or something right here. Um, it's just, it's really informative and it's, it's, I think it's something we could touch on throughout the whole season. Just if you guys want to start like that, some sort of thing, we should actually start something like a, a, a book club, like a Packernet book club. We could read a chapter every week. Oh man, I'm just sparking ideas right now. Anyways, Cheesehead Merce in the chat, go Paco. What up, my good people? And then Redmo46. What's going on, guys? Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be lit tonight for sure, man. As the kids say in the streets, right? They say it's lit. gonna be lit. Um, Tim, have you read Take Your Eye Off the Ball yet, man? No, not yet. Bro, listen, I'm gonna send you my copy. And there's gonna okay. be stains in this thing, man. I've spilt coffee <laughs> on it. I'm telling you, I've read that thing eighteen hundred times. Um, I need to send it to you. So you need to get me your address. I'll mail that to you. You would absolutely geek out over it, man. It's really good. So um, anyway. I'm just finishing up a book now, so it's great timing. I'll, I'll good deal. on that right away. Heck yeah, dude. We'll do it for sure. Um, let's see. Your elevated shine throwing some shade, I believe. Hey, listen, man. What Ryan's doing is way more difficult elevated shine than what I'm doing right now, bub. We're just getting on here talking ball, and that dude is trying to – He's literally trying to corral every Packer net after dark listener <laughs> and make it as organized as possible. I mean, it's like like a ride at a daycare center watching you guys or listening to you guys calling on that show. So I, I was tuned in earlier. It looked like he had some technical difficulties, but you know, Ryan, dude, he'll he'll persevere. He'll uh, he'll get that straightened out and get it back to, back on top there. Let's see who else we got in the chat here. We got Eric Sutherland, always in the house, man. Appreciate you swinging through, Dakota. Packernet Book Club. He's on board, man. He's on board. Telling you, uh, that'd be smart, man. Yeah. Mike Hebring said, hello, fellas. Mike Hebring said, I ain't reading nothing, dude. I'm just going to keep doing these shoulder shrugs. I ain't worried about it. Um, let's see, Zane. Off today, time to enjoy some Packer content. Go uh, go Pack Go. It's game day tomorrow, man. I am I am so jacked about game day tomorrow. What's, your all, what's the plan tomorrow? Tim, I'm going to start with you, man. I know you're going to be watching the game. What's the plan for uh, for the preseason game tomorrow? Uh, I got some family coming up, so I'm looking forward to spending some time with them, and uh, we're going to go to the game. Um, I'm actually in the middle of trying to make personal history here, trying to go to every training camp practice and every preseason game at Lambeau. So it looks like it's going to happen. Uh, so we've got tickets for tomorrow's game. We'll be there. Um, I'm looking forward to watching the defense, man. That's the plan, you know. Um, everybody – puts a lot of emphasis on QB one. Obviously it's changing of the guard, but I'm just, I'm really excited about watching this defense, especially after this week of joint practices with the Patriots. I mean, you know, for a preseason game, we're going to get some action boys. I promise you tomorrow. Oh, yeah. If you thought yesterday's practice was chippy, wait till you see this preseason game. So I'm looking forward to it. That's the plan, man. Maybe a couple of daddy sodas. We'll see. Yeah, there you go. There you go, man. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have some buffalo chicken, but I gotta do the chicken breast, man. I gotta. I trick myself. I cut it up into into chunks after I smoke it, you know, and uh, cover it in uh, Frank's uh, buffalo sauce, and then hit it with a little bit of a little bit of ranch. Hey, Jacob, are you a wing guy? I mean, yeah, man. I'm an everything guy. Yeah, <laughs> smoke that's meat, and you can eat it. I mean, I, I work at a smokehouse. I literally. So just when you said that whole Mike Hebring you know, doing shoulder shrugs, yeah. seeing that dude the other day <clears throat> kind of snapped me out of this weird funk. Most people get like a winter funk where they stop working out. I've just been working so much and then trying to, you know, learn a lot about the podcast and stuff. I've just been neglecting it. And when you work at a smokehouse and you just randomly grab wings and corporate muffins, 
y'all. I'm like the fattest I've ever been in my life. So I'm, I, Mike, Mike literally made, I saw him and I'm like, I can work out. Mike can work out. So now I'm like doing Rocky stuff in the garage before that we went on live today. So you guys just give me like three months, maybe, maybe six, maybe six. maybe like a year. All right. Just give me a couple, give me a little bit and then I'm going to be starting to look like Mike, but man, no, I'm a, uh, like Tim was talking about, I, I'm super just really jacked for this this preseason game. Um, I will back up and say that the last thing, I was trying to watch a lot of these interviews <clears throat> with my time today, and Joe Barry, I watched one of his interviews, and I kind of started to like the guy, honestly, because he just seems like – Dude, the players love him, Jacob. I was going to say, he took the time. He doesn't call them by their names. He calls them by their nicknames. Yeah. And it's so funny watching like Joe Barry just stand up there, and he's like, yeah, man, jaw. And Razul, <laughs> or no, Zal, and whatever he calls him. It's just yeah, really so, funny. He's, yeah, so he's, but they asked him, a reporter asked him, they're like, hey, man, so what about the possibility of Razul playing safety? Which I admit I bit on hard because it's just one of those things. And he goes, Razul Douglas plays safety? And they're like, <laughs> well, no, but like, that's the rumor. And he goes, I've never seen Razul Douglas play safety ever. And yeah. they're like, yeah, no, but. What what if like and he goes yeah, Rizzo's our starting cornerback, and then the guy just shut up and he's like all right, and then it just seemed <laughs> kind of uh, really funny, and then basically it just showed me like no, it's not going to happen, like it's just not going to happen. They don't even have that in their wheelhouse, so I'm just wondering who necessarily put that out there. And another addition, real quick, not to steal any defensive thunder from Mr. Tim, but I thought this was kind of interesting, and I want both your perspectives on it. They asked him point blank. Are you sure that that Devondre is going to have the green dot going into this season? And he said, "No, um, that's actually an open. We're, we're kind of basically weighing out who would be the best person with that position. I don't know if that's like a really, yeah." And so to me, that was he did, not, he did not say anything definitive whatsoever. He he very clearly said that's something that we're going to be open to. And he goes until you get into the game one that you can have multiple people green dotted and mic'd up so you can kind of see who fits the best. So I thought that was kind of weird. Not weird, but I hate to say interesting because I always say that stupid word, but it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Eric Sutherland in the chat here said, word is Campbell will be ready week one. And I've actually got a note here. Goody said that he said on Devondre Campbell quote, it's not a long-term thing. We expect him to play week one. So that makes me feel a lot better. Did he go into any more detail um, on that, Tim? Did you see anything about that as far as Campbell today? Did you get a chance to, to check out the pressers, uh, Tim? A little bit here and there. I, I was kind of busy today. Um, I caught bits and pieces, so I'm glad Jacob's got 45 pages of notes to go <laughs> over. Um, but uh, I, I did hear that, yeah, it's hopefully not super serious with Devondre. Um, but hearing this now that they're confident in him going week one tells me, or at least what I'm gathering is that we shouldn't expect to see a whole lot of Devondre Campbell uh, the rest of this training camp. I, I would assume. I would assume he's not going to play tomorrow. Uh, I would assume he's going to practice light or rehab group uh, the rest of training camp. And then I doubt he's going to get any reps that that third preseason game, maybe. I don't know. Uh, there's no travel involved, you know, a couple weeks at home here, which is good. Um, but I think all the whole focus is going to be getting him ready for week one. So uh, to your point, too, that multiple guys can um, have the green dot here in the preseason. That'll be something to look for uh, this weekend, uh, tomorrow. And then, of course, the game against Seattle. Let's see who uh, 
who's wearing the green dot on defense. My, my money's on Quay Walker uh, would be a candidate. He did that a little bit last year. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know who else would be, you know, is that a positional thing? Do they prefer a, a, a linebacker to wear that on defense? Or, you know, can Jair have that? Or I don't know. That's a good question. I, you know. I, pref- I think they prefer a, an inside linebacker. And the reason being is because they're getting the call in, right? And when you get the call in the huddle, Typically, they're the ones who are going to change the play, so they need to be be able to communicate with the defensive line and the DBs. Now, if you've got if you've got Ja wearing it right, and he's the one calling out the signals, you could have someone else wear it, and then someone else call out the signals. But typically, the green dot is kind of that defensive captain on the field, you know. Um, okay. So, you know, it's going to be hard for Ja to communicate with someone across the formation, as where the middle linebacker can kind of bark those those signs out. Okay. You know? Those calls. So we so we'll know for sure then it's going to be Quay, Dre, or McDuffie. Yeah, off the yep. top of my head, right there. I mean, if once you get down on that depth chart, who else is are they really going to consider at inside linebacker to wear that dot? I would yep. think after Quay and Devondre, it would probably be McDuffie, right? Yeah, I would think so. McDuffie's, uh, I think he's a three-year, a third-year vet now, if I remember correctly, at least a second year. I think he might be a third year. Um, yeah, that would be that would be who I would think, or maybe well, Eric Wilson, right? I mean, uh, that's that's someone they uh, they definitely think very highly of. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. You'll be able to tell who's wearing it though, because they're going to be lined up, you know, pre-snap in that in that block formation, you know, and whoever's on on the outside of that or in, in front of that, I should say, they'll be the the green dot. Uh, trooper for sure. So um, let's see here. Eric Sutherland said, we get it, Tim. You're an overachiever. <laughs> let's see. Don't worry. He rips on me soon as well. So <laughs> equal, equal spread of. <laughs> He's just going down the line. Huh? Zane in the chat said, I hope J-Love plays the first half. Needs more reps for him. I don't see him playing in the final preseason. It's funny you mention that because we do have a quote from Goody. Um, where he said it was Goody on Love, quote, tomorrow night will be another good step for him. Um, sounds like he's playing, basically, is what everybody took away from that. Now, I will mention, I think they said the Kansas City Chiefs are playing their starters, their, their, their starters across the board, one and a half quarters in that game. So just to kind of give you a little bit of perspective, you know, some people are like, I don't want them playing in the preseason. The, the, the defending Super Bowl champions with the MVP of the league they're playing their starters one and a half quarters. So what was you going to say, Jacob? Yep. So that's one of the questions that was asked to Goody in that press conference. Um, they specifically asked how much is Jordan? I, there must've been maybe a precursor, you know, how Packers freaking social media does either. They have a, the live version where they have music playing for like 15 minutes. And then Goody gets up there and he talks and it's like a seven minute interview. And then they cut it. It's unbelievable, it's like, man. And right. you know what's crazy is they're getting they're getting view time for that too. So I know like, that's my point. It's like you guys are literally just milking, and I don't think that they're even doing it consciously. I think they're just that stupid that they. It's crazy too because I'll I'll like I'll log on and I'll even be watching it later. I'm like, okay, let me fast forward to the five minute mark. Let me go to the ten minute mark. Let me get to fifteen. By the time I get to minutes, yeah, seventeen minutes. Yeah, yep, it is like by the time I get that deep into it, this is what I'm thinking. It drives me crazy because, like, you have all the tools in the world, man. You've got all the equipment. You've got uh, an endless, an endless amount of resources, Tim. And it's like, why, why half but that aspect of the coverage? I don't know, man. I again, I'm. They still can't figure out the microphone levels. Yeah, like I'm. I'm trying to hear what I'm going to. How do I have my device turned all the way up? And they've got two microphones 
this close to someone's mouth and we can't hear what they're saying. It makes no sense. Right. And you can't hear the reporters asking a question either. So it's like yeah. you're playing that. detective the entire time. <laughs> they, they, they apparently, because I apparently a lot of people commented that in their comments. So you can tell that they've heard that because it'll start the conference and you can't hear anything they're saying. And all of a sudden, they're like, and then you hear, oh, yeah. And then you hear the, the, the actual question. So today they asked the question, how much were Jordan love and blah, 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 blah. And then he went, it's important for him to play. It's important for the offense, not just Jordan love, but for the entire offense for him to all, or for them to all play together. And then he went on and somebody asked another question. And he said, Matt and I being goody agreed that at the start of the season that we're going to need to play early and often in preseason scrimmages, the joint practices, et cetera, just so we can get the best possible version of this team. He then went on to say in a later question that he kind of acknowledges that this is kind of a building catalyst for like a 2024 team for a 2025 team's shot at the Super Bowl. But then they also said, how do you weigh that with the fact that you have a lot of good talent and you could possibly have a really good defense and you could maybe win 10 to 12 games this year? Who knows how many if love and the defense are really that good? And he's like, yeah, that's that's a thing that I weigh right now. And he goes right now, I want to see our guys play. And he also went on to say that the decisions that I have to make dictates whether or not I need to or, whether or not I need to see them play is the, the reason why um, it dictates my decision that whether or not I'm going to cut them or not. So in my opinion, as the GM, I want to see them play as much as possible. It's the only way that I can get anything out of these guys pretty much. And I, I, I'm all actually all for that. Mm -hmm. I probably would even just say that I would love for Jordan love to maybe see the whole first quarter, this game, preferably. And I think that might happen. So. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, what did he play? Two series against uh, two series. That's, that's yeah, not... so I would think that's doubled minimum tomorrow yeah. night, right? I mean, four, four to five, six series. You know, depending about... on how the game goes, that, that could be a quarter. Yeah, what I love about Jordan Love too is like he's kept his mouth shut. Like he has been the perfect teammate. He's. I guarantee you, he would go out there and play all four quarters if they would let him. He just seems like. He's got everything you want in a starting quarterback. And and I know there's been a lot of Packer fans that are down on him and negative. It just amazes me, man, that they're well, he's still inconsistent. He's inconsistent when in practice. Well, you've seen the overthrow to Musgrave. I'm like, he completed 70% of his pack. What are you expecting this guy to do this year? Like Aaron Rodgers' career completion percentage, I think, is 65%. He was five percent better than Aaron Rodgers' completion percentage. Also, you know, over his career, and and it's not good enough. It's not. I don't understand, man. I don't. I don't. I just don't understand people's expectations, Jacob. Like, what do you expect him to go out there and do? Throw for eighty percent? No, it's just that you said sixty-five percent, and you didn't drop the. Oh my god, man! Saying, dude, like you kind missed of, opportunity. Kind of sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent. I'm just saying, like, come on, man. I I, hey. I kept. I was like, oh, oh, oh! I thought you were—I thought you were going to disagree. I was like, all right, nope, Jacob. Like a misplay. That's why I was like, oh shoot! All right, Talk about a stat that no one's going to care about if you put the dub on the on the board, right? Like, you know, a win is a win, man. I like. I don't care what his completion percentage is if he gets the dub. I really don't. Tim said, you "Run know, the single wing. Just, just get me that." I mean, you guys remember you, Clayton? You're a '90s basketball guy, right? Like yep. Michael Jordan had like horrendous field goal percentage, yep. like horrendous. But yep. he's the goat, 
<laughs> you know, so <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't put too much weight into into things like that, especially this early. You know, yeah. like I, I get. I mean, you're worried about completion percentage when you're losing. I can tell you that. I mean, ask Bears fans; they look at percentages and numbers all the time. Tackles. They're not winning ball games. But I mean, when you think about like what we have in Jordan Love. Think of the other quarterbacks across the league. You know, uh, you know, Aaron soured on a lot of fans here, right? You see him in hard knocks, and and there's already people saying, "Man, he looks like he's making that coaching staff and his teammates miserable." Right? I don't personally think that's the case, but again, that's out there in the media, right? Look at all the other quarterbacks across. Let me let me give you one right here. What if your quarterback showed up to practice? Like, tell me this isn't screaming for attention. Look at this, guys. Tell me this isn't screaming for attention. Oh my God. He showed up to practice oh, with a sports brawl on. And it's like, why 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 would you do that? <laughs> Again, hey, be be who you want to be. It's cool, but I'm just like, thank we God Gordon Love. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Well, first <laughs> of all, at least he showed up and he didn't have an Xbox headset on. Um, <laughs> and you know, maybe, maybe Kyler Murray knows the plays this year. Um, but uh, we got. Let's Google that catapult. What is? We got to find out. That's got. Please tell me that's some kind of <laughs> wearable tech. Dig, dig for it's got to be some kind of wearable tech or some some censored body movement track or something. Man, that can't. Uh, I thought that was not be a fashion statement. I have no idea, dude. They compared I have him no to idea. the guy. They compared him to Tracy Morgan in the the. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of in the longest yard. First thing I thought of, man. Unbelievable. Oh, so I don't know, dude. I, let me get that off the screen, though. I'm trying to figure out how to do it. It might be stuck now. Let's see. Right, so, hey, hey, too old for this just said that's not a sports bra. It has tracking chips in it. Soccer players use them all the time. I'm sorry, but you just enabled, like, you did. Uh, all the jokes just came to my head. Soccer players use them all the time. It's a sports bra. You don't just have to wear that. You can put your jersey over it. Right, right. Like, <laughs> It's like when Zeke showed up to the draft, Zeke Elliott, right? And he had the belly shirt on or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, what? I don't understand, man. I don't I get just, it, dude. I don't, I don't get it. Um, it. To me, it's just screaming for attention. That's all it is. Yeah, like, of course. But Honestly. anyway, I digress. Let's see here. Pay uh, attention, not seek <laughs> attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's see here. Adam in the chat. Remind me, is Tariq Carpenter coming back anytime soon? He returned yesterday, right? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, he returned yeah. yesterday, I believe, Adam, if I remember correctly, man. So he's he's good to go. Um, we should be good there. Check this out. ROK Beast in the chat. Got my signed Dobbs jersey today. There you go. Hey, that reminds me, guys. We're going to have a giveaway coming up real soon, and it's going to be an autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey. The right? Lucas Monster. Yeah, so – we're gonna come up with a creative way that we can uh, we can give that away. Um, we will uh, we'll definitely get back to you guys on that. But I'm excited about about doing that. But congratulations on the Dobbs jersey, man. That's freaking awesome, dude. Awesome. Let's see here in the chat, Mr. Eric Sutherland. Is it just me or is anyone convinced Heath makes the 53, dude? I'm telling you, he and and you know I was talking about the blocking on the last episode, Eric. But when you go back and watch the tape, his route running looks. Great. I'm not saying it looks perfect, but it looks great. His hands look great. He understands the offense already. He's picking, like I said, he was a highly recruited prospect, if I remember correctly. And uh, the guy is just, 
it, he he made bad decisions. I think he got a DUI in college is what got him kicked off Mississippi State, I believe it was. And I think he he might have went to Ole Miss as well, but uh, I'm not 100% sure. I just know that he he did have some – and they said LaFleur is like coaching him tough. Tim, I don't know if you're done researching or not, but if you, uh, if you are – um, did you see? Did did you get to see what they were talking about at practice? Where uh, Matt Lafleur, Coach Lafleur, was actually talking to uh, Heath, and he was like, I mean, they said that he was coaching him up hard, like he was chewing his rear end and put his arm around him afterwards. Uh, I didn't see that personally, but I I did see the reports, um, and it doesn't surprise me. I can tell you though, that's with several of the young guys. We see that a lot with the staff. And I think you have to make a concentrated effort when you've got so many young guys on your squad that you have to go the extra mile to, uh, you know, sometimes you got to be good cop, bad cop at the same time. You know, you got to be a little hard and then you've got to be, you know, comforting and endearing because this is a lot for rookies to grasp, you know, and we are getting closer and closer every day to week one and the pressure gets higher and higher every single day. And the, the amount of focus that is required is higher and higher every day. So um, to hear that about Heath doesn't surprise me. Um, but I've seen it with Tay Wicks. I've seen it with, uh, um, oh gosh, yeah, Van Ness is another one on the defensive side. Um, so the young players, that you know, the coaches are definitely making that, that extra effort to just make sure that they're in the right headspace out there and that they're focused. And uh, if they see promise in a player, they're going to – they're going to do everything they can to, to squeeze every drop out of it. And um, so I think it's a good sign that we have, uh, you know, for as much heat as these coaches take from the fans, man, it, it just shocks me because I, I have full faith in this staff guys. And uh, I'm excited to see what they're going to do this year. But uh, I'm, you know, if they keep seven receivers, man, Malik, he's making the team. That's yeah. how I feel. I mean, I think Bo Melton's out of the question at this point, just because of the injury. I don't know how serious, uh, his injury is, but he didn't look super fast moving around with that rehab group yesterday. So, you know, if he's not able to see the field because of injury, I think that's going to pretty much seal the deal for him, probably maybe being a practice squad candidate. Got it. What else you got, Jacob? I know you've got a, a ton more notes. What else stood out to you, man? Yeah, no, just real quick. I think if we keep six, we're, we're going to keep Heath because I, I, to me it's – Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Torre, Wicks, Heath, right? I mean, maybe DeBose if he comes out, which is interesting because DeBose will have his first um, actual action, I believe, uh, to this game. I believe like uh, he was coming off the back injury the last time that we started against the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm thinking this is his actual first time playing, and he's been looking pretty good since he's gotten healthy, um, I will say. So – some other things I wanted to talk about, it was just real generic boilerplate stuff at the beginning of the interview. They asked what he thought about Jordan Love, and they went, he's doing good, doing a lot of good things. He's got a lot of command of the offense, and he has a lot of confidence, which is true, but again, it's just kind of, yeah, whatever. He asked, he was asked about Clifford, and he said he's played a lot of football at Penn State specifically, and he, think, he thinks that all of the kind of game adjustments and just him not being, shying away from throwing it is probably like a product of him again playing at Penn State and just him coming coming natural. And another thing that I didn't remember or realize is that uh, Rasheed Walker was his left tackle at Penn State for all those years. I never put those two and two together, which is kind of cool. That oh, wow. Rasheed Walker, our up-and-coming yeah. tackle, could possibly be working 
some second team reps, especially I'm going to, I'm probably going to look to see how much Rashid Walker plays left tackle tomorrow, because that would give me an indication of what they're thinking about that position. <clears throat> and then if we didn't, I, I can't remember exactly what you guys, I couldn't hear you. Joe Barry basically said that Devondre is not a long-term injury, that he's not too worried about it. Um, so that's a great relief right there. He was uh, Brian Gutekunst. We can focus more on, on those types of interviews. And he was asked about Jer, uh, Jaden Reed. And he pretty much said that he plays like a really, really tall guy that he knows that they don't usually draft guys with that kind of athletic profile, but that he plays the wide receiver game like a very, very tall man and that he can get up there and get that high point, that he has special teams capabilities. And he was actually asked about uh, uh, Anders Carlson's troubles early on, whether or not that he wants to make a move, sign a veteran. He basically said, nope, I'm not signing anyone else. I'm going to stick with this kid. There's a patience to be involved here. Then, then he went back to compare Mason Crosby, how he had really a lot of ups and downs early in his career. And even, even mid in his career. I, if you guys remember, he had some streaks there where we were like, cut him, get rid of him. He couldn't make anything. And then all of a sudden he becomes, I believe our leading scorer of all time or up there. So, um, and then he was also asked about Tyler Davis. And he said, man, Tyler Davis was a massive loss, like a really big loss. And he said, his comeback will be stronger and he'll be better than ever, which shows that they're, they're not even worried about the guy. They love him so much that he can tear, didn't he tear his ACL or whatever he did, ma major injury. They don't even think about the fact that he's not going to be on the team. They're already ready for him to come back and be better than ever, which, you know, yeah. I've given Tyler Davis again a lot of, you know what, but. <clears throat> hey, Tim, um, everything that Jacob said, I know you got to hop off here in a second. Um, any any comments on what he just uh, just said or anything else you wanted to hit before we finish up with the notes here? I'll just piggyback off uh, Tyler, Tyler Davis here. Um, I think that's. Uh, the right thing to say and i think these guys are going to say that the right thing when the cameras are rolling um but that's just a sign that of what we knew really last year like when you and i were pulling our hair out jacob going why is this guy on the team you know clearly the packers had a plan for him and going into this season you know the plan was for him to be our blocking tight end and go out there and do his thing and we didn't need big dog to come back another year and you know now he's out so of course we're ready for him to come back but <laughs> it's going to probably be the better part of you know 12 to 16 months here before that happens so what what do we do now well next man up right we we drafted two tight ends this year um we don't have the depth we'd like at that position uh but due to this injury but hey guys got to step up i've floated this idea before put dre miller give him some reps. I don't care. Get experimental here with these last couple of weeks of camp uh, in the preseason because we want to be ready, you know, firing on all cylinders for, for week one. And, and obviously you're going to keep an eye on the free agent market while you're doing all these things. And, you know, these guys know that. They know that at any day there could be a signing and a, a cut or a trade or what have you. But um, I think the organization saying that they – they, they can't wait for him to be back. I mean, that that pretty much speaks to how what the plan is all along for Tyler Davis, which was playing a big role in this offense. And I guess now that he's gone, I'm just I do have some concerns. Um, but there's other creative ways to do it. Right. There's other, other creative ways to run block and pass block. 
Um, so, you know, I'm not panicking, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. We can add that to our, our list of things to watch, just like the, uh, the question mark in the, in the safety room as well. So, um, but that's about it guys. I, I, thanks for having me on. I got to run. I've got to get this uh, house in order before company comes over. So I got the, the wife waving me over right now. So Gosh, thank you, Mrs. Green, for letting me be on tonight with the boys. Everybody say in the chat. Everybody in the chat say thank you, Mrs. Green. Mrs. Green. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you hopping on, Tim. Enjoy family, man. All right. Thank you, guys. I'll try to check in with you tomorrow night after the game. All right. Thanks, sounds sir. good, buddy. We'll see appreciate you. It. Take care. All right. Uh, that was Tim. That can I jump off of what he was talking about with the tight ends? Because yeah. that was my next note exactly after um, our little break there. It went Austin Allen as a Y blocker because they asked um, some reporter was had, had a real nice sneaky way of not being kind of a you know what about it. But he was like, so we asked you last week about letting Mercedes Lewis go or whatever. And then all of a sudden, uh, Brian Goodigan's face kind of changed. And then, <laughs> and the guy went, well, you know, that being said, like, you know, what, what's the next guy up kind of thing like Tim talked about there. And he specifically brought up Austin Allen and Gutekunst said, you know, he's uh, we kind of see him as that that wide blocker. He's got huge size. And he said he will get the opportunity to fill that role. So he point blank said that Austin Allen is, in, in my opinion, from what his verbatim sentence was, is that Austin Allen's the next guy up. So maybe Dre Miller, maybe somebody else sneaks in there, but it sounds like that that's the guy they have envisioned in that role. So that was something that I thought was a little bit noteworthy there. Um, he was asked about Malik Heath and what he thought about his progression. And he also went on to say that he is 100% capitalized on his opportunities and that that's what you need to do when you're in UDFA and you're only given an, given a limited amount of of opportunities you need to shine in those moments and he said that malik keith has 100 percent done that so got that it. to me was kind of cool awesome all right we got a uh let's go to the phones here we got emilio in tennessee emilio how you doing bub what's going on fellas hey man we're emilio. just just chilling you know talking a little ball getting ready for this preseason game man i'm uh i'm pretty excited to sit down with a cold one and, and watch some football tomorrow um Definitely. hey did you did you see that picture of kyler murray Oh my, that, that that was too much for me. I'll be honest. I was I just got home from I just stopped at Chick Fil A on the way, man. Oh, my. <laughs> oh stop it! You're gonna lose his appetite. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, it's just there's so many other things you can do. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. You, you can approach it so many more different different ways. Yeah, and and I know uh, too old for this in the chat said you know it's a it's some kind of you know tracking device or whatever that's uh that's in it that soccer players use that's all great and everything but why i don't know dude's running around with a belly shirt on man come yeah, on i right? mean the watches do the same thing they got those rings now i mean yeah, you could get yeah. you could get an ekg strap to your chest and i mean they don't need to make it into a, a sports bra <laughs> we all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing but they also can be amazingly distracting especially when we're around other people so U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Yep. No doubt, man. It was cringe, dude. It was, it was cringe on this level right here. Who the only place he's going to take you to is the toilet bowl. And then you got Brett Farr, who will take you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I'm just saying, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Hello, yeah, yeah, I hear you. It's just, I hear uh, you. He said, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> oh. Sound like me, uh. Sound like me asking Mandy uh, if I if I can get another jersey from Pristine Auction. Uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what's on your mind tonight, uh, Emilio? What are you looking for for the preseason game tomorrow night, man? Um, I, I'm excited to. Uh, I know we've been trying to figure out that third uh, running back battle. Um, and I was looking at Ryan's tweets last night. He was kind of throwing out some ideas, and I was thinking. I think it was Jacob that mentioned it, but. There was a note, one of you guys said it, um, that Patrick Taylor was in at run, at fullback one day. And I was thinking, what if, you know, because I, I know we were trying to figure out Pearson, Neguar, all that. What if we run the three running backs, but Patrick Taylor's main role is that blocking back? Ooh, that's just, interesting, man. That's interesting. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, I was just as an option. Now, you know, something something I noticed the other day when I was watching the tape from the Bengals game, was Tucker Craft? They were they were lined up in a double sidecar, a what would technically be twelve personnel, but they called it twenty one personnel because Tucker Craft can kind of play H back. I thought that was interesting that they had him in that sidecar, and Love was still in the game, if I remember correctly. So it's almost like they were trying him at that starting spot there. So you may see Tucker Craft play a little bit of fullback too. Of course, you know, you've got, uh, you've got Pearson as well, which it sounds like Pearson's been impressed him. I don't know how this roster is going to shake out, man. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I hear you. And then, the, I mean, the only other thing I was looking at was um, uh, Matt was saying in one of his interviews, he was talking about them giving him a penny look and uh, for defense with the, with the three, uh, three, three, five. And I, I was looking – that's what we were running on the Bears a lot. Was it last year? Or I think it was last year. Um, so even then, with even if Devondre was out, you know, we were talking about the green dot, it would still be just one linebacker in the center anyway with the five DBs and then the three down and the two outside linebackers. Um, but, I mean, either way, I, I, I'm just kind of excited about it with like a, you know, a three three oh three tech. Yeah. For sure. Two over for this in the chat said Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Torre, Wicks, Heath, DeBose. That is an absolutely solid receiver core. Chills. And, and I, you know, when you look at it that way and you look at DuBose and Heath, I think they'll keep DuBose because he was a draft pick. Heath um, is the is the one that could be the odd man out there, right? But um, I don't know, man. They, they may run with seven again, Emilio. I don't know. Jacob, what do you think? You think they're going to – we've talked about this several times. 
I think we'll get a little bit better picture after tomorrow night when we look at some of the personnel they run. But are you leaning towards six or seven receivers? I'm going to say something, and I don't mean it to sound like so doom and gloom. I think that the next two weeks and who gets injured is going to dictate who makes the team, and it's not who we want to make the team out of our – because to me, if I could, I'd keep seven wide receivers. If I could, I'd keep six edge rushers. If I could, I'd keep probably five safeties. If I could, I'd keep six DBs because – uh, or cornerbacks, even specifically, like even Ballantyne. I'd love to keep him if I could. Stokes is coming back. Obviously, Carrington, we need to keep him on the team and get him involved. You only usually are going to play two cornerbacks on any sort of formation unless we're really doing something crazy like that. So I'm – like I said, I, I would love – somebody mentioned in the chat, will Brenton Cotts make the team? I, I hope he does, but I don't. And he's one of those guys, for, for once in this year, I actually don't see – like if Malik Heath doesn't make the team, I can see him getting sniped. He's shown the blocking ability of like a George Pickens where it's just freakish, where he blocks you into literally the other opposing team's Gatorade stand. And that's what started the fights. If you don't, uh, Clayton, if you saw that, it was because um, the first or second fight, I think it was the second fight started because Malik Heath blocked the guy into the secondary, took him and just ran him. And that's when, when the, the goon, dude. Started. I love it, man. Send it a goon. So I, that being said, you know, there could be so many different battles, the safety battle, like we talked about the edge battle, the, the running back three, if there is a running back three, who knows if there even will be. So yeah. I'm just, I'm not exactly sure how I answer that question. I, I would, I, I don't know. It's just, it, like I said, let's see how it works tomorrow. And then after that, we have a whole other game. And God forbid anybody has a seizing any injury, but it's it's more than likely that somebody's going to have some sort of injury, which will dictate how the chips fall. So, yeah, definitely. I know Emilio. You used to be a you used to be a running back, right? Yep, yep. You, you want to keep six running backs, don't you? No, I, that's why I was saying Patrick Taylor can be. I mean, if you can play both, you know, we need to we need a little multi tool there. If he could, if he can run the ball, throw in a pass block, and then hey, we'll get in front of AJ Dillon, him and AJ in the in the heavy package. I wouldn't be opposed to it. And then that way you can kind of float around with your other, you know, wide receiver, keep an extra inside linebacker, keep an extra. There's got to be, there's, we got to pick a position or two where we can float, uh, float a person or one there where there, you know, there's two things that they can do. Um, you know, we need them to go back to high school where they're playing both ways front bet, you know, offense (laughs) and special teams. There you go. Put the leather helmets back on them too yeah. while we're at it, man. I ain't, I'm all about it. Um, yeah, I mean, if if he can, if Patrick Taylor can can play a little fullback in a pinch, obviously he's good at pass blocking. He's good at special teams. Uh, it's going to be hard to cut Patrick Taylor. I think he probably makes this roster, and they maybe they probably carry three. Um, John Schmidt in the chat said, "Keep six receivers to save an extra uh, roster spot at inside linebacker because of the Campbell injury." He's asking the question. Um, it sounds like Campbell's going to be ready for Week One, but as we learned last year, Jacob, man, sure. you don't you don't take anything for granted, right? It, they're saying Week One, but like we learned with Bach and, and Elton last year, man, it got a little bit little bit shaky, right? So, uh, yep. um, I think Campbell will be ready, though. It's just the thing that that worries me is is hearing about him being in the boot and on a scooter in the locker room that sounds like they that wasn't that was a report that somebody said that they saw a boot in his locker they didn't see him on the boot hold up so matt schneiben said yep. according we'll to Bob Brettel, if you yeah. can pull it up he says cool, that i need to do that you, you go ahead keep talking i'm gonna try to find it so he did he tweet it out matt schneiben 
I'm pretty sure that Matt Schneiman, somebody else quote tweeted him. Yeah. I thought that the, the, the tweet was something along the lines of didn't see him or whatever, but it looked like that there was a boot inside of Devondre Campbell's locker with like a walking boot or something like that. Not a good sign. That's totally different then. Yeah. You're right, man. That's totally uh, different. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's was one of those things where it felt to me as soon as I read it, I'm like, that seems like a really weird spin on the story. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. <clears throat> at least we can get back to that. Um, Emilio, is there anything? Uh, there's somebody that's saying that a lot of comments about Brenton Cox Jr. Do you think that he makes the team? I, I, I like you said, I'd love for him to, but where's where's the spot? You know, unless uh, unless he's the new personal protector, you know, we we need somebody to step up and and you know make an opening somewhere else. You know, you got to be two ways. You got to be offense. You know, it's. Uh, I'd love for him to make it, but I just don't see it with the numbers right this second. Right. Yeah, I kind of agree. All right, I'm going to share the screen here. I've actually got the tweet pulled up. Let's see if we can do this real quick. Hopefully it don't slow the stream down too much. You guys can see this, right? Mm -hmm. It says, Devondre Campbell missed his second straight practice with an ankle injury. He wasn't in the locker room during post-practice media availability, but I saw a scooter and walking boot at his locker. So yeah, you're right there, Jacob. That's that's totally different than him. I, I imagine he was rolling around one foot or one <laughs> knee on the scooter, right? Look right here. That's why I love Twitter, man. You always go to the comments. It's time. Look. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it, man. Oh. You gotta love Twitter. Twitter is undefeated, no doubt about <laughs> it. So uh all right, cool, man. Uh let's go back to the chat here. Um I completely agree, Zane. He says need a big LVN showing uh tomorrow. That would be Freaking awesome! Would love to see him come in and just blow some uh, blow some runs up in the backfield. Maybe get a sack, couple pressures. That would be great. And it's going to be a work in progress for him, Jacob. Just like it was with Rashawn Gary. You're kind of seeing that now, and and that's a good thing. You know that that you've got Preston Smith, you've got Kingsley and Igbari that people are saying has had one of his you know probably a better camp than he did last year. He's starting to flash a little more. Like you said, you got Brenton Cox kind of coming on. Um, yeah. I'm I'm eager to see uh, what they do, but I do want to see Lucas Van Ness just kind of turn it loose tomorrow. When here's the thing about Lucas Van Ness too, and I talked about this immediately following the game. <clears throat> when you turn on the tape from the Bengals game, I didn't see Lucas Van Ness getting manhandled. I didn't see a player that's like, yeah, there's no way he can play at this level. What I seen was someone over pursuing, someone he was mentally overwhelmed. Right, that's that's what the tape popped off to me. Um, there was many times he was in the backfield, but the running back was running in the opposite direction, right? So right. physically, he looked fine, Emilio, but, you know, from a mental standpoint, it's going to take a little bit for him to catch up to the game, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, physically, like you said, I mean, he he, he would take the step up, you know, upfield, cut underneath, but then, you know, the, the back would be sliding outside, you know, it's or he would, you know, step underneath and, and you know, the, the quarterback would step around. So it's just he's there. It's, it's just different speed, different pace, you know. Yeah, it's like when you come up from JV to varsity, you know, yeah. you got you got the big lugs beating on you, and you're only in you know tenth, ninth, tenth grade. You're like, mm, mm. <laughs> different ball game. Yeah, different ball game. I remember high school baseball, man. Um, we we had a small school, and we were playing back in the mountains of Eastern Kentucky, so it wasn't like the competition was crazy. But I actually started two varsity games my eighth grade year, so I was playing high school varsity my eighth grade year. Oh. And uh, I remember getting up there with those guys, and I was still short and fat. I hadn't grown yet. But dude, I was – you're talking about being overwhelmed. My goodness. So, um, I know that's, that's a very, very 
odd comparison <laughs> to NFL football, but I could only imagine, you know, going from the big guy on campus, the big dog on campus, and then stepping in the NFL, and, and all of a sudden you're right back to square one, man. It's just that's you, wild. You want to know a funny story since you brought up an old story of you playing ball? Yeah. So I made varsity my f- sophomore year uh, as a center, and I, I was a, not a good center. And the only reason I did it is because the starting center broke his ankle in uh, uh, two-a-days. And at that moment, I was the starting center, 5'10", 185 pounds. And my two guards were like six foot, two, six foot <laughs> guys. They're like two, the solid 220. And then I, on the starting left tackle and right tackle, I had Eric Vanden Heuvel and Craig Urbeck. They were both six 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 seven, literally 300 pounds in high school. They both redshirted or uh, went and played four years, both at Wisconsin. Both started all four years. Urbeck got drafted by the Steelers, I believe, and then went out and played for, I think, like the Bills for a short stint there. Vanden Heuvel um, played all four years, should have went on and decided he didn't want to play college football or I'm sorry, NFL football. And my dad has a snap picture of me walking up to the line for the first game playing against McQuanago, which was like a massively great team. And the offensive line just goes like this. (laughs) Standing in the center, I'm like, "Hi guys, I'm here to snap the ball." Now, imagine stepping up against somebody like like uh, Jay Chamberlain mentioned in the in the chat, Austin Allen. He said Austin Allen has his chance. Six foot eight, six foot eight, bro. That's That's wild. That's a big dude. They say he's fast too, like, and he's pretty athletic. Like, Jacob, Jacob, did you long snap in high school? I was. Yeah, I was. I I did too. Man, it's it's a it's a technique. You throw over the head, snap your wrist back. It's got to yep. be on a line. You want to know? I'll, I'll admit this too, because I know some of my buddies listen to this podcast. I was the best long snapper. Like I'm, I, I was so good. That was the one thing I did that I thought that maybe possibly I could go pro at. I knew my size, I knew my height, I knew my speed. Bro, I'm not gonna make it in the NFL, but I can long snap and I can <laughs> really really good. And I was like to the point where, like I said, sophomore year, they're like, dang, they let me snap in, in front of the varsity snapper. First first game of sophomore, my sophomore year, when I first started at varsity, we were punting out of like the 25. I made a field goal. I snapped high <laughs> over the freaking punter's head. I made a field goal. They never let me snap it again. Yeah. I so jacked up. I was like Brett Favre. I was all tuned up. It's all tuned up. That's that's no more rocket balls, please. I'm sorry. You think God never farted? <laughs> there it is. Um, let's see here. What else we got going on in the chat here, fellas? Um, Brenton Cox, guys. What's the story with Brenton Cox making the team or no? What do you think, Jacob? Your boy gonna make the gonna make the team? How you feeling right now? We kind of talked about it while you were digging around with some info, but um, yeah, I I hope he does. I think that, again, I'm not pushing for injuries, but I think that if a certain amount of people go down or a certain situational position is more heavy than they need, that he, I think they want to slip him in. I don't think that he makes it through waivers. Again, I think that maybe him, Malik Heath, I think DeBose could because he's got the injury, like somebody said in the chat. I, I agree with that. Um, and there's a, I, I just, Goodson, I think maybe could get sniped up by somebody. I really think that we have some some guys now that won't make it through the practice squad. So we'll we'll see. Got it. What, you, then, what do you think, Emilio? You think Brenton Cox can make the roster? What it's it's what eleven days until until we know. Is so, it really? God, it's sneaking up. The twenty ninth. That's crazy. Twenty ninth. 
90 man cut or is that the oh 50? yeah i thought it was the 53 i might have been i might have been mistaken i mean it could be but gosh i mean because we're only we're not <clears throat> i mean gosh we're less than a month away from the start of the real football that's crazy dude. i didn't even game think about that tomorrow the week and then we got another game and then i thought it was i thought that was 53 cut down on your birthday that's that's where i was that's where i was shooting but what 11 days someone's got to make a statement in two games and what three or four practices you got to make your name before those happen uh so it's got to happen fast <laughs> yeah yeah it does and that's why I hope that the, these guys play a long time. Like, I want Jordan Love. It'd be great if I could see him in the first quarter. And then I want Clifford in basically whole second quarter, whole third quarter, half the fourth quarter. I don't right. really see Magoo much. And then I want all those receivers and all those running backs. I just want to see a lot of the offense. And then anyways, but. Hey, here you go, boy. Since, we're, since we went down memory lane, I got you one right here. Look at this guy. You kidding me? That guy right there. Is that, you, is that you sliding or are you throwing? That's me turning the double play, no, baby. That, he's humming that tater. Humming that tater. He, here's another one right here. Let's see what this one is. Look, look at that. It, it, what's funny is like it looks like I'm you know way up in the air because the dude's sliding, but I'm like six inches off the ground. Are you kidding me, bro? <laughs> yeah. Good times, man. Good times. That's, that's good. Uh, I got to find the article, Jacob, where I was all hopped up on the yellow jackets and I struck out 15 batters, though, man. That was, there you that's, go. The one, that's, that's the one right there, man. For, all right, let, let's get caught back up in the chat. We're, we're so far off the rails, man. There's just not much to talk about tonight, so we're just kind of cutting up hanging out here. Let's see here. Uh, brrr, let me go down the chat here. What? Go ahead. Something else, Jacob, while I try to find a good, oh, good chat. Well, I was going to say, I got a little story. I know we've been going around the horn. So, senior year uh, football. We got a brand new uh, coach, brand new OC, everything. The OC, the head coach goes, all right, go ahead and run whatever you, you want. OC comes in. He goes, we are running wing double T. All we had was athletes, and we were, I mean, bunched up a centimeter apart from everybody. Three people pulling, the quarterback swooping around. I mean, we won one game. We went <laughs> one nine. It was brutal. That's funny. It's rough. Eric in the chat says, I keep, I'm keeping my eyes on safety play as much as I can tomorrow. Jonathan Owens is one I want to see, Eric. I want to I want to see if this is legit, man. I'm going to have to start really focusing in on that. Um, have we heard anything else on the safety position, Jacob, as far as the pressers today or anything? Yeah, actually, they did. Um, they talked to him, to, to Joe Barry, and they asked him, like, what's the deal? It seems like uh, Owens had gotten the predominant amount of snaps at the one besides Savage. And then after now, recently, it seemed like more and more. And he said, well, it's a it's a carousel there because we want to give as many guys the opportunity to go. And we want this to be a deep um, position, even though it's like more of an unknown position, I'd argue. But um, they, he basically said that it's still a limbo. Did not really show his hand much. Um, said that um, it, we want to see what these guys do in the next two games. And that's basically going to dictate what they do. So. Got it. What do you think, Emilio? Who 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 would be your starting two safeties, man? I uh, I think it's going to be Savage and Owens, and then uh, I think it'll be what we got uh, Ford, Levitt, Moore, and Johnson Jr. Right. So, are you guys are you guys surprised at how lack of solidified Moore is at that position after he played seemingly good last year? I mean, I I don't know. It just they have not. 
he has by no means won that job or even been the preferred starter in practice. So that to me is a little bit odd. Or is it the fact, and I think that actually Joe Barry said that they just want to see as many reps from as many people to get the most educated decision as to what they do. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, like, so if, if it is cut downs in 11 days, they got those two games and then practices to figure it out. But if, I mean, Owens was playing bad last year too, what it was 92nd and Savage was 92nd, Owens was 93rd. So, I mean, I I think they're just looking for at this moment, you know, they, you know, maybe they check the tape, but who's going to step up and play for this team coming together right now, who gels best, you know, Rudy Ford was back there, but maybe he's not gelling with how we're running it now with Savage instead of Amos back there. So maybe it's just, you know, it's maybe it's just how they're all, you know, glued together in the back there. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing, too, is Carrington Valentine, man, watching him tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. If he if listen, if he comes out there and balls out again and what's crazy is people. I don't remember anyone hardly reporting on the fact that during joint practices he covered Jamar Chase and they said he shut Jamar Chase down. Yeah, dude. Jamar yeah. Chase, like, wow. I don't know. I'm, I'm eager to see if uh, how he plays tomorrow night as well. But we'll definitely be going live for the post game show. You can catch all that right here. Um, we'll kind of give you stats. We'll give you a little analysis. Try to give you some highlights too. If everything goes, I, I'm off tomorrow. It's the first day I've had off, and I couldn't tell you how long. So tomorrow I'm going to get in the lab here and try to get the Telestrator keyed up to where it doesn't lag. We may have to use a separate program. I'm hoping not because it looks like it might be coming from Restream side. So I know this is good advertising for Restream, but, hey, fix your process, okay? Um, but we'll see if we can get that squared away because I would really, really like to uh, to geek out on a little chalk talk immediately following the game. So, Jacob, we're at the 55-minute mark. You got anything else you want to hit on, big dog? Yep, real quick. I'm just really excited to see Clifford play tomorrow. I want to see more of his talent shine. I want him to to use this as an opportunity to understand that he doesn't need to be hero all the time. Don't throw so many Brett Favre rocket balls. Just let that sink in. Tay Wicks, I want to see him. It sounds like he's been getting rips at the one here and there. He had three catches for 68 yards, 47 long last week. I want to see that again. Grant to boast, the first time he gets to play in a game, he's had a, uh, coming off that back injury. I want to see what we've seen in practice from him. He's been showing it like he's actually worth that seventh round draft pick and wants to challenge Mr. Malik Keith for the sixth or seventh round or seventh string wide receiver. And then I'll say that the uh, it was pretty much a, a consensus that the Packers won the first practice, that the Pats smoked him in the second pack practice. There was a ton of fights. I mean, this was like literally a seventh seven round knockout fight where they had seven different fights. Aaron Jones was throwing punches, guys. Do you have to understand how that you have to like kick a baby for Aaron Jones to get involved? <laughs> Kicking babies. Sorry. And uh I'm just we do not condone listen everybody we, condone, we do not condone baby. kicking babies. Okay. Don't do it. Don't slap them. Don't do nothing like that. All right. Yeah, you watch I'll, I'll, do... I'll have a notification when we get off here, Jake, because you say <laughs> kicking babies. I'm just saying there's a ton of fights. They're going to probably play aggressive, more aggressive than any preseason game that you probably want to see. So this is on my docket. And um, one other thing, Emmanuel Wilson was the overall highest graded running back in all of any game in preseason week one. Can he do that again in week two? Dum, dum, dum. That is the question. Stay tuned. Hey, Dakota, we, we got Dakota in Tennessee. Dakota, how long were you on hold, man? Because you were off the screen. I'm using a TV tonight because my monitor completely cracked. And I, I scrolled down and was like, how long has Dakota been in here? So how long have you been waiting, man? Actually, I haven't been waiting very As soon as I got on, though, you said it's the 55-minute mark. I said, oh, man, I came on too, too late. I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> no, it's all good, man. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight, Big Dog? Well, y'all were talking about the safeties and Carrington Valentine, and I actually had a. It's just something that's been I've been trying to, you know, I've been thinking about rather. So of course it's important to find, you know, that second safety for your base package and whatever other packages exist. Um, but you know, I was also thinking y'all referenced the 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 play callers podcast so many times, specifically the portion about where um, what's his name, Sean McVeigh looked over and said, "Why is Cooper Cup on the sideline? Why am I not doing eleven personnel?" Um, and so that that was you know. I was thinking, you know, Carrington Valentine seems to be, you know, showing that he's doing way better than we ever expected. So, of course, I always thought it was dumb to try to put Razul in safety because he needs he needs to be a corner. That's what he's good at. Um, but uh, I mean, what is it like? Why why not put another corner on the field if we have so many that are that good instead, like? in certain packages instead of putting that second safety. Like, I mean, is that, is that, is that dumb? I'm still figuring this out. Well, here, here's, here's, it's, everything's give and take, right? And, and first of all, mm-hmm. you know, when Sean McVay said it, obviously, like you said, Dakota, he was talking about offense and offense mm-hmm. dictates the personnel. I mean, all the time. Right. So basically mm-hmm. the defense is going to try to uh, get the best matchup possible uh, compared to what the offense is putting on the field personnel-wise. So typically when they call 11 personnel, three wide receiver set, that triggers your nickel formation. Now there's different kinds of nickels where they'll, they'll call a big nickel. A big nickel is simply you still got two corners and they'll put a third safety in. So to answer your question, the reason they put that third safety in, typically when you play big nickel, and I'm sure Emilio can attest to this, it's because someone's running out of 11 personnel, so you don't want to have a corner out there because the last thing you want is for them to run duo or maybe even a split zone with a sift, and you get a a lead blocker out there on a small corner. You're very susceptible to the run, if that makes sense. So to answer your question, if you put another corner out there at safety, you know, Yes, it will give you a little bit better advantage in protecting against the pass, but it's going to make you very vulnerable against the run, if that makes sense. Because, you know, you could put Charles Woodson at safety, but he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Um, When you talk about some of these corners, and especially a rookie, a seventh-round rookie, although he's shown everything uh, so far, um, you you imagine he's going to be – it's going to make you a little bit more vulnerable to the run. And and they're going to have packages. You know, one of the things that – that Greg Williams did, not the Greg Williams that's on our coaching staff, but the Greg Williams that got suspended for the uh, the whole targeting thing down in the New Orleans Saints, um, he created a dime package that became very popular. And the reason he created that dime package, which basically, Dakota, means you've got two safeties and four corners, right, and just typically one inside linebacker, four on the on the defensive line that's typically what a dime set is you know your nickel is five dbs your dime is six dbs and the reason he did that's because at the time in the 2010s the early 2010s the spread offense was just running rampant through the league it's what the packers ran with with uh, mike mccarthy the, the west coast spread right so um they countered with that and that's why i was saying about everything is cyclical when it comes to the nfl you had these things come in waves you know when i first started watching football i remember Back in the day, it was it was pro set, right? They ran a lot of pro set, which is basically quarterback under center, fullback, halfback, split in the backfield, and that's kind of what they 
what they ran. And then when Lawrence Taylor came on the scene, they had to adjust a little bit because he absolutely changed the game. Well, when you got into the later 90s, you had teams that were running a lot more power eye, a lot more, you know, eye formation. You remember when Mike Sherman was the head coach for the Packers. Uh, you may not have been watching too close at the time, but in the early 2000s, he ran a lot of power eye, a lot of elephant looks, a lot of what they called Rhino, where they would have two tight ends. And in some cases, they put Kevin Barry in as one of the tight ends. And, and they just run the ball down people's throat. Well, then the league evolved into this spread offense passing system, right? So now defenses had to adjust to that. So you have more defenses going to zone blitz. That was a good way to attack it. But the spread offense got a little bit out in front of that. And then what ends up happening um, is once the defense catches up and you're doing stuff with, with dollar and dime like Greg Williams was doing, then what happens? You're calling Kaepernick's and all these mobile quarterbacks come in and they start running a read option, right? So now you have to go back to the drawing board and go, okay, how do you beat the read option? you got to attack the mesh point. Okay, how do we how do we put exotic fronts out to where we can attack the mesh point but not make ourselves vulnerable to the opposite side? There's just everything in the NFL is so cyclical. It's a long answer. I apologize. But to answer your question, if you put an extra DB in there, an extra corner in there, it's going to make you vulnerable to the run. Go ahead, Jacob. No, it's just listening to you break that down, which is just super interesting, which, guys, if you like this kind of content, hit the like, hit the subscribe, because we, we're going to try to do this every single day. It's going to get more and more intense as we get into the season. But uh, not to just reference this book and over and over, but that's one of the, the leading principles of the book that we're getting into and we've talked about it a couple times. It's just that, like, football intuition of kind of being able to diagnose the offense and the certain types of personnel that you do. It's so intricate. And it seems like, again, the average fan, you already see it. You just don't process it the right way. I shouldn't say the right way, but the right the way where it's so – you can see so many things that they're revealing, so many just, uh, tendencies, so many ways to cue what they're going to do next and what they're trying to set up, which is just – I'm telling you guys, we need to get something going down with this book. I know we're, we, we're a little over time, so um, – but I'm just saying, dude, it's, it's really fun. If you guys are intrigued by this kind of stuff – Keep following us. Tomorrow night's going to be a freaking huge night. Preseason week two, I, I think that we're going to see and answer a lot of the questions that we all have tonight. And I don't know about you guys, but I've not been more excited. Ryan, you, uh, a lot of the guys on the network have talked about the fact that that was the funnest preseason game I've ever watched. Here's modern memory. And like you talked about, like modern memory. I remember when I was a kid, like you talked about the eye formation. That was what the, to me, the signature formation was when i was growing up as a kid in like the mid 90s and it's so weird how it evolves and it's so crazy and cool watching it evolve if you read that book you see why it evolved and how it evolved and you see why clayton's mind is freaking crazy like a you what do you call that thing the cube the it's like trying to piece it's a, it's the game of football is chess and you guys don't realize it's chess unless you start reading this book and start diving into these concepts because like clayton says Oh, all of a sudden this is popular. Well, the defense decides we're going to start shifting this way. Well, then that opens up this part of the field. Well, that means that the defense now has to shift this way. And that's why you see these random gaps and these random uh, season high records for certain offenses that run certain things with those players. I mean, it's just really cool. It's just fun. Like you look back at it and it's like you can nerd out on it. It's really the, cool. The only negative aspect of that book and looking at football that way, it will 100% consume you. Like you will get so addicted to the game and wanting to see every little detail. I, this is not, I don't, I'm not lying when I say this, and this doesn't make me a hero or anything. This is how addicted to the game I am. I have watched every single snap of Packers football at least three times 
the last five seasons, at least three times. That's my goal is every week, as soon as the game wraps up and I get the first of all, to start with the TV copy, I'll watch it one, at least, you know, once the way through. And then I'll go to the all 22 and on and on and on, man. It's just, uh, it, it's got me. Like I said, it's got me by the soul. Um, Chamberlain here in the chat, as we get ready to wrap up, we're at the hour five minute mark. This is for Emilio and Dakota. Uh, Jay Chamberlain said, my son lives in Cleveland, Tennessee. Y'all close. That's out toward Chattanooga. Am I thinking right, Emilio? Dakota? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, so to, to answer your question, Chamberlain, um, well, that's out toward Chattanooga. I'm in northeast Tennessee, and uh, I know, Dakota, are you in Memphis? Am I thinking right? I am. Yeah, I'm in Memphis. I'm as southwest as you can get. <laughs> got it. He's he's out there in uh, at Graceland, man. He got. And I, I lived in Nashville for five years, just saying. Yeah, and then Emilio is south of Knoxville. Is that right, Emilio? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh man, got it. Oh yeah. yeah, we need to get together, man. We need to we need to put something together and uh and maybe go watch a ball game together or something. That'd be a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely. I was even thinking about that uh, Atlanta game. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a blast, dude. Right down Atlanta. the line. Great. <laughs> Couple yeah. hours. What is that? Week fun. three. Is that it's week two. Week two. Uh, the seventeenth of September. 17th, yep. That would be cool, man. We got some family down in Chattanooga, so I could crash down there and, uh, and meet y'all again. We may do that, man. Let's. I don't want to make any promises, man. I got so many irons in the fire. If Mandy is watching this live right now, she's uh, over in Kentucky. Oh, man. If she's watching this live, she's going, Clayton, don't you commit to one more thing? Don't you? <laughs> I guarantee it, man. This, no, I'll tell you, this is exactly what Mandy's reaction is right now. Uh-oh. What the hell's going on out here? <laughs> That's what her reaction is. Yeah. Um, Jason in the chat, what book are they talking about? It's Take Your Eye Off the Ball 2.0. Just just Take Your Eye Off the Ball. Um, it's by Pat Kerwin, P-A-T-K-I-R-W-A-N. He's a former executive in the NFL. It's excellent. So, um, fellas, we're just going to wrap it up with you guys on here. Um, Emilio, do you got any parting thoughts, buddy? I just want to see some bing, bang, bing, bangs from Josh Myers. <laughs> yes, we need it, dude. We need some bing, bang. You got that right. Dakota, you got anything, buddy? Yeah, I just hope they play uh, Jabril Peppers for, I don't know, 10 seconds or so, and I hope somebody runs them over. I'm I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. There you go. Jacob, what you got, buddy? No, like he said, man, uh, these guys got bad blood. They fought seven times. Somebody was kicking people on the ground. Somebody threw their helmet in the air. Aaron Jones threw a left haymaker. I want to see what's going on on that field, man. Let's go. Yeah. This, You know, with love – I just want to see him play within the offense again, you know, elimination, isolation, like we talked about with Greg Cosell. I want him to be able to process the, what the defense is doing. And I know it's going to be somewhat vanilla, although last last week wasn't very vanilla. They Both teams fired a lot of blitzes. I want him to be able to eliminate what isn't on the field, isolate his matchup within what is on the field. And the main thing is, you know, whether it's 70%, 75%, I just want him to make sure he is above – 65 percent. 65 percent. That's 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 the goal. That's that's the Aaron Rodgers average completion percentage over the course of his career. Anyone who is upset that Jordan Love has a completion percentage higher than Aaron Rodgers and pretending like he's playing quarterback horrible, they're they're not watching the game correctly. It's just that simple. So um, I just want to see incremental growth there. So I'm excited about it, man. Oh, here's here's another one, too, man. Right here. Let's go, Clifford. Pumped to see see that kid play again, man. Dude, I'm telling you, how cool is it? Let Jordan get out there, run a few series, build a little bit of momentum, take him out of the game, then it's the Sean Clifford show. Let's I'm go. excited about that. So. 
All right, let's get out of here, guys. We talked about some nonsense tonight, but again, we had some filler. Hopefully, we bring y'all some decent content. Uh, we will be back for the uh, the Packers uh, Total Access post game show tomorrow night. Oh, let me do this real quick as we wrap up. QR code in the upper left. If you'll scan that with your phone, that sends you straight to Packernet Podcast. Awesome, awesome podcast there by Ryan Schlipp and the gang, um, bringing you just daily Packers content. So make sure you check that out. All right, we're out of here. And What's Ryan that? did go back live, so if you guys want to check out, he did end up finishing an episode, it looks like. So check that out. Packer Night After Dark live. Got it. Got it. Eric Sutherland said, anyone upset with 70%, go be a Viking fan. That's what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> That's that energy I need. All right. We're out of here, gang. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pack Go. Okay. Power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, we drive down on the first man who is inside. Pull back, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by this and steals inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. Look at this play. What we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.